there are no words. And that's what I love about it. You talk with your body and people understand you if you're good. I have been looking forward to sharing this episode of Get to Know an Average Joe because we're meeting another dancer. Through this podcast, we've met engineers, communicators, a few of my own family members, and artists. Variety is what keeps me recording interviews, and I hope it keeps you listening. Yet my personal background keeps bringing me into the studios to talk to more dancers. I hope you enjoyed this Get to Know an Average Joe with Marlene Jakobsen, the longtime ballet teacher in Linköping, Sweden, and recent recipient of that city's prestigious culture prize. It is a Sunday, and we are sitting in a school office. You're about to start rehearsals all afternoon. This is a kind of a typical Sunday for you, is it? Actually, yes, it is. I don't always rehearse all afternoon, but we rehearse on Sunday afternoons. With the Your entire career has been working weekends, rehearsing, and even when you're not in the studio, you're choreographing in your living room. What's an average day for you? I don't think there is an average day, actually. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I've always worked like this, sort of creative and not eight to five. And uh, there's a lot of stress in that, too. I mean, but you have to have a bit of self-discipline and plan what you're going to do. This morning I got up early and I had a cup of coffee, read a book. And then I went to the computer and wrote to some students and started to choreograph for the day. Yeah, and that's pretty pretty common, actually. When did you decide that dancing was going to be your life? I think it always was. I think the first time I said to my mom I wanted to be a dancer, I was probably in the third grade. And she said, that's a sweaty profession and you won't make any money. <laughs> was she right? She's totally right. Totally right. You know? <laughs> and then I kept at it. And I think the second time that I actually decided was when I got to university. I started to study economics and I just was totally bored and I went I said oh they have a dance department here and I and then I, I did another I did a degree in sciences but still I spent most of my time in the dance department got a degree there and then afterwards I I worked a while and then I said to my dad and I was probably 22 I think I'm gonna stick with the dance yeah and he said, well, having been an artist himself, he says, you know, artist, it's a tough life, Marlene. You won't make much money. You really won't. But you're going to be so happy. And it's true. That must have been such an emotional um, acknowledgement of following your passion. I think a lot of people who uh, follow their passion, they have this other dimension in their work that maybe you don't get, uh, I, I can't say because I don't work anything else. Right. How do I know what other people have? Right. But there is a But when you were working, yeah. before you came back to dancing at 22, yeah. was that dental hygiene or what was that? Well, I've done loads of things. Uh, at that time, when I, I really sort of made the decision, I was teaching, and I was even teaching in a, in a high school that had dance in the program and, and that, but I just thought, no, I'm not ready for this. I, I'm not developed yet. I wanna keep developing this and I, I could do better. 
But what were the other jobs? What did you oh, yeah. specifically do? I've worked in restaurants like all dancers have done. <laughs> and, and actors. And actors. I don't know about singing people, but musicians. But a lot of people do this on the way. And I've worked in an office when I was in university. That's why I started in economics, because I was doing bookkeeping. And I've worked as a dental assistant and, I, and in the lab with the gold and the displacement of gold, making gold teeth. It was really exciting. I remember that about you because many, many years ago you told me that you always floss. And this yeah, I you, do. Yes. I do to this day, twice a day, but I'm a disaster if I don't. <laughs> I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Plus my teeth, I can't live. So that's something that, and I think you, you've brought that into your family, and it's we just. Have teeth. <laughs> we have good teeth in my family. Everybody has good teeth. <laughs> so even though you, you did pursue the artists, mm -hmm. there was something of the dental career that stayed with you. Well, I had done sciences at university, and I, I actually kind of liked the lab, and this was like, it was laboratory work. It was like displacing. It was also very close to the ceramics that my dad did, because it was the ceramic molds and. And kills and this and I thought it was really fun to do, mm. but then I mean it, it still wasn't my passion. What did your dad do? He was a ceramic designer. Okay. Yeah. And so what does that mean? What does a ceramic designer? Uh, they design like dinnerware, and that sort of thing. And he was mm, this was probably when I was small that he did most of it until I was I heard his back when he was fifty or so, and he was in Life magazine in the United States. Is, with his dinnerware. There's a book that's got his stuff in it. Yeah. Have Do you have any of his stuff? And my sister has some. My brother has some. I have some waiting for me in America that I have not brought here. Right. Yeah. Because I just, it's kind of hard to transport ceramics. Yeah. Yeah. Very delicate. But let's talk about your transport, the transport of yourself from America mm -hmm. to Sweden. Yeah. How long ago was that and how did that come about? That was, the first time I stepped into this country was 1977, and I was on a graduate course. And we were comparing like dance and sports in different countries, and um, I thought it was a great course. I mean, there was a lot of points, it was out of a Canadian university. Got were, were the differences large then, or was it kind of a global community? What did you discover during that course? I discovered that sports people all over the world are very similar. and. I really like being with them, yeah? And I found that, um, what can I say, we have a different way of getting to the same goal. Like in Europe, there's these sports clubs, and in America, there's a lot of after school, yeah? And then like in my field, it's uh, in America, if you go into ballet especially, it's sort private. of very private, yeah. And it's also quite much so was at that time, private schools, and then there were opera schools, and. Right. That you, you got into bigger schools, yeah. And uh, no, I didn't think it was that different. But I thought that it was Germany, Copenhagen, and Sweden, uh, Montreal, and then I'm from the US, right? And each one has its own touch, you know? Like the Canadians have one way of doing it, and I didn't see much of their schools and things. We went into schools in, in Germany, and they were very, very much stronger in their sports programs. I mean, more physically, really working. In Copenhagen, we saw mostly football, which is soccer. And for me, that was different. Right. And uh, in Sweden, we were at uh, Bosun, which was like 
for those that were already interested in sport, yeah. you know, and on their way to sport. And then you, you met and married a, a physical education teacher. I did. Yeah. You, <laughs> I did. So, so all that common language came into your home. Yeah. And then you raised four kids. And how does that work then? What's, do they identify as Americans or as Swedes or how do they identify? That's a great question. I would say the oldest one is both. Number two was truly both until she moved and lives in Canada. And now I think she feels more American and she longs for her Swedish side. And she has kids too. So, and she speaks Swedish to the kids, yes? yes? And those kids speak Swedish in Canada. And right. I've been speaking Swedish to them myself. And it's not great <laughs> Swedish either. But, <laughs> but uh, no, so she's keeping the tradition of keeping two languages going in the house. And it's working fine. And uh, I can't say about the last two. That's very hard to say. I would say the youngest one, Henrik, has been an American since he was born. He was born into a household with three teenagers that only spoke English to him. And uh, he picked early. I like this. It's different. And then he also went to the English school. And the artistry has really come out in your kids, too. Your second oldest living in Canada, she's a harp teacher. And Henrik is a musician, the youngest. Mm -hmm. So I guess the artistry is something, do, did you do that on purpose? Hand no. that down to them? No, no, no. <laughs> did I, you have the same talk that your dad had with you? No. no. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit I did. Uh, with Maria, I said, well, Maria chose early. She wanted to do music, super early. And um, yeah, I just told her, well, music is probably better than dancing, but it's it's not a moneymaker either, you know, but she's very happy with what she's chosen. And she says now and then, I think I might, if I ever change, I'll be a physiotherapist. So obviously she has that sort of science, uh, the art combination that I have, because she's interested in similar things, right. you know. Oldest son did physics, uh -huh. and that's above my head, over my level. Yeah. But you and David, so David is the oldest, yeah. and you guys share books don't oh, you yeah. yeah oh yeah he tells me which books are good he actually also writes a bit uh -huh. and i think he's quite interested in that as uh -huh. well he did literature as well as as physics uh -huh. and so he's got those both sides working at the same time too and um, the littlest one he's he did one and a half year of natur and jumped to music in the middle of it because he said, no, I'm, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. That's a good way to go because uh, oftentimes once you make the decision, then you make it work. If you've made the decision and it's not your parents making the decision, then you make it work because you want to. Right. And I, I think that's so important. I think it's good if parents maybe realize that too on both sides because there's a lot of artists whose parents talk them out of it. And then along the other way, there's people that push their kids in music and dance when the kids don't want to. And it's, it's a trick to be a parent, having four kids I know, to know when to push and when to back off and when to support and when not to support it. It's really tricky. So big decisions for you have been <laughs> pursue the arts, move to Sweden, become a parent. What is your next big decision? What stage of life are you in right now? Well, right now we're in a big transition because my husband is soon re totally retired. He's been partially retired this year. Next year, I don't think he's really going to retire. I think he's going to keep at it half time as long as I work. And so it's really a question of how long can we do this without, dis for me, destroying my body. But actually, I think I'm 
I'm preserving it, not destroying it at this point. And then also I'm working on trying to get a company com going here, a real dance company going. I talked to some politicians and they said, is there another commune we can follow what they did? And I said, maybe in Norland. But basically, this is a new, this is new waters, you know. It's such a different community than Stockholm, where that's kind of set up to have artistry as part of the community conversation. Mm -hmm. So how can you succeed with that? Well, you know, like in Stockholm, everybody assumes that Stockholm is going to have the ballet. It's going to have, but I mean, Östergötland has a symphony. It has a, a brass band a orchestra. It has theater, but it does not have dance. And in my opinion, it's time they had dance as well. We're a bigger Because why? So what difference is dance going to make to the community? Now you get to defend your art. You get to defend Go. my art. Go for it. Yes, it's always used as representation. Always. You know, when the king came here, they asked us to come dance. There are reasons to have dancers in your community. When big companies come in, when other people come in, they look to see who's here, who can we work with. They want to get to know the teachers. They want to give us master classes and make it grow. I mean, we have an art that needs to grow too. And we've been under the thumb of music, under the thumb of theater, and it's not time for that anymore. But what does dance bring to the world that music, theater, uh, science does not? Hmm. It's totally, totally international. There are no words. And that's what I love about it. You talk with your body. And people understand you if you're good. It's a, it's a bridge. Mm -hmm. It's a true bridge, an international bridge. Everybody that comes to our school from other countries comes in and just breathes out and go, wow, the dance studio. This is home. And that's a big thing for a city to have, a place they can call home in a new place where people speak another language. You can come back to your art. Um, dancers are, are um, quite open and quite generous. I would say, and they all want to pass it on. And um, I, I don't think uh, it has to do with the organization you're in or anything else. It's, um, it's really a passion and a drive, and that makes life worthwhile. It sure does, and I think there's a, a room full of dancers that we should go work with oh, now. Yes. I think they might be waiting for me. Okay. You're right. Well, thank you, Marlene. <laughs> you're welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> Next time on Get to Know an Average Joe, we're going to meet Maggie, a person with the perfect mix of Sweden, Brazil, joy, drive, and curiosity. I felt very Swedish for a long time. And uh, then I had a project in Mexico City. And uh, it was just so interesting because a lot of people were telling me, you know, wow, you're so South American. I now feel and describe myself as a mix of all of these things and uh, that that makes me a person that is quite interested in broad perspectives and different perspectives and uh, not afraid of uncomfortable situations but rather curious about it spend a few minutes with me and maggie next time on get to know an average joe and now if you'll excuse me <laughs>